Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Big Footy Tiger Cast. Hope you're all doing well. Off the back of another win, it's always a good feeling coming in on a Monday night. We're well, not coming in because we don't actually go anywhere, but uh, logging in on a Monday night with another win under our belt. And more importantly, heading into the weekend, like on a Thursday night, there's so much on the line. If you lose a Thursday night, it just really shits on your weekend. So very good to get another W on the board. EJ, you're back, mate. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. How are you? Going well, thank you. Nice little background there. How's the shoulder Rico recovery going? Now, you'll probably technically weren't going to be on tonight, but uh, we're a few a few heads short and you kindly put your hand up and you you push the nurses out of the way. Um, they're flocking to you and you're, you're on. They're under the desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's going really well. Um, it's much, much more comfortable than I thought I'd be a week and a half in. So, yeah, no, pretty good. Oh, that's very good. Uh, for those wondering, CB is at a meeting tonight. He might pop in later. We'll see how that goes. Uh, and Tiggs is getting his proper first round of treatment underway to deal with the concussion stuff. So he's putting his his time and energy into that, which is uh, which is fair enough. So hopefully a full team on deck next week. But we'll whoever turns up turns up. That's just how we roll. Um, welcome to everyone in chat. Thank you everyone for joining. Sorry we're a little bit late. It was my fault. Um, kids weren't fully cooperating with the the whole bedtime routine so that's okay um well i think we'll just jump straight into it the tigers versus the swans ej it was uh a tale of two halves really i think is the easiest way to describe it but we ended up getting over the line 12 16 88 mm-hmm. to 11 9 75 uh by 13 points which was a very good win but i'll tell you what at the first half i was a little bit worried i'll go through the goal kickers first sorry i Jumped over that. Jack Ross kicked two, and I'm sure we'll talk about him at length shortly. Jack Grain with two. Vlosten one, Rewalt one, Pickett one, Nankervis one, Miller one, Dusty one, Cochin one, and Liam Baker one. So a fair spread of goal kickers, but um, yeah, first half, what do you make of the first half? <laughs> Firstly, I, I didn't, we just didn't look, we looked like we were still carrying over from the week after the bye. You know what I mean? It was just, it was still shit. Oh, it was uh, it was frustrating. It was it was like when we did move the ball, we moved it well early, and then just broke down across half forward. But most of the ball was up their end, up their end, and a lot of it was just dumb turnovers, like it was our mistakes. Mm. Um, it was like when we when we cleaned things up a little bit, uh, probably you know the, the the back half of the second quarter. Although we didn't get the reward for effort, we started to look better then. But, yeah, no, it was our own dumb mistakes. And I know there was a fair bit, you know, there was a chat about Banks doing this and so-and-so doing that. The disappointing thing was it was they were really avoidable, simple errors. When you do turn over like that, once you turn it over and it's in your back half, you're cooked. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and, yeah, it was. You're right. It was just a lot of, a lot of dumb mistakes and, you know, it's interesting because I suppose in some cases the jury is still out a little bit on Mini McWalter and if he's going to have, you know, what it takes to do the gig full time, was it just a honeymoon period and so on. But I think a sign of a good coach, and, you know, it might sound biased, but being able to address the issues immediately at half time or just before half time, and to get it turned around back onto our terms and we've again secured a close, a close win where we would have lost. I mean, it, later in the game, you could just tell, like, we were peppering him for about five or ten minutes and we couldn't score the goal. And I think I tweeted, we all know what's going to happen. They're going to go down once, score, and it's just going to open up. Because we've seen it time and time again. But it didn't happen uh, for reasons we'll touch on shortly. But I think it's a good sign of McQualter's coaching and the coaching staff as a whole to be able to turn that around in the second half because we looked gone for all money. And, you know, like, can you see a world in where... And this is just a fresh set of eyes and new ideas and things like that. Can you see a world where Dimmer puts Flossen forward? No, no. I think a lot of people cottoned onto that. And, you know, we've seen it so often. And this is not, not a jab at Dimmer by any stretch because he played the way he wanted to play. But anytime opposition put that extra man behind the ball, we just backed our forwards to, to go head to head with them, which works fine when you've got Jack and Tom on the park at the same time. When you've just got one of them, it doesn't work that way. Um, so I was really, really pumped to see uh, McGuall to make that move. Um, it was a game changer. I mean, Vlosten takes that one-handed mark, kicks the goal, 
uh, obviously he was high risk, high reward. Yeah, that's right. Neutralising that spare with Mills, like Mills is a bloody good footballer. Gun player. So when he gets it and he hasn't, and he's got time and space, it sets up their uh, ball movement back the other way as well. So even if you're just dirtying that up, you're doing you're doing a job. So it was a it was a really good move, and you know it's always it's always pleasing to see the look on some a backman's face when they kick a goal. Yeah, and it was it was a brave move because on the flip side, he was he's been our best intercept marker for the last month, really. So yeah. to take that away from our own game to try and you know neutralize what they were doing was a, a brave call and. I don't think anyone would have been shitty if it didn't come off. I think people would appreciate the fact they tried something to stop yeah. that from happening. Yeah. Um, but, you know, fortune favours the brave, as they say, and it'd come off. And, you know, Vlosten's not a stranger to goals, I guess. He has kicked a couple of outside the 51s across the journey. But, you know, it, it could be something something in it moving forward. It's it's given us another option. And as Greg said, uh, Minnie was quick to uh, give uh, credit to the assistant coaches too. It was a, it was a decision by committee. Um, and the thing, the thing that I really loved about it was it showed how much faith that they put into Tyler Young, who was on one of the great forwards of mm. all time, let alone the modern era, right, without the support of Loston down back, and he more than held his own. Uh, Tyler Young was unbelievable. And yeah. We've said it for a few weeks now. There's been a, I've seen a few people on the socials knocking his game a little bit, but I can't see what there is to knock. Like, I know sometimes he's turned it over, but Jesus, in some of these games, he had 21 other teammates who did far worse than what he did. So I'm not going to hang the bloke for that. But from a, a pure defensive standpoint, you cannot fault him whatsoever. Uh, Iron Fist just spoils it. He went at 100% on the weekend. Yeah. And, and I think... And someone sent that stat to us uh, or that table that was on Twitter that he's like pretty much winning most of his contests that are one-on-one. Yeah, that was or not, not so much winning, but he's not losing. He's at least halving yeah. him at, at best. No, he's he's one one percentage. Uh, he's second in the league behind Weiring. Yeah. And, you know, we're not yeah. talking about he hasn't just played one or two games. He's got inflated stats. Like this is over a, a good stretch of games. Yeah. Um, I think he's adapted really well. And, like I've said, you still got to remember, guys, he only started taking footy seriously in 2019. So there's still a lot of development and room to grow for him. But he obviously just listens to instruction really well and, and plays his role very well. It's amazing um, the it's amazing the players you've got. Like, I know that you know, there's a fair few people who said McIntosh made some errors on the weekend or whatever. But over the course of his career, McIntosh has played a very disciplined role He's done exactly what he's told. He hasn't moved from his what what his role is. You know, he follows directions really well. And it's amazing some of these players that have had to work really hard for their spots, how focused and how determined they are to just do the right thing all the time. Now, you know, Camden McIntosh was never going to be an A-grade footballer, but he's got A-grade discipline. Yeah. So you don't... Not everyone in the team is going to be an A-grade footballer. You might have four elite players in your team at one time, you know, five or six uh, A-minus players, you know, some B players and a handful of Cs. If if those lower players can be the ones that absolutely do the right thing all the time, they're more than fulfilling their role. That's right. And if you go to games or watch games with that level of understanding, that not, not everyone's an A-plus player, you'll – appreciate what some of these guys do far more. Castagna uh, was another one, victim of it, was never going to be an A-plus player, but, you know, and Dimmer said it on that podcast with Dylan Buckley, but did the things he had to do for the team. And we've said it for ages that for Camden McIntosh, he patrols that fat side of the ground and halves those contestants 1v2s and does all those small things that don't necessarily get you a stat, um, but they, they help the team dramatically. Yep, 100%. Um, Bauer? One of our other debutantes, um, absolutely shattered for the kids, 78 seconds. And I know we're talking about a small sample size here, but the time he was on the ground and, and the disposals he had, he lowered 100%. his eyes and hit a target. Yep. I mean, that for me, that's a tick-tick. So yep. I'm absolutely gutted for the kid that he, he didn't get to play out the rest of the game. And I know he tried to push on. Obviously, probably wasn't either aware that he did it or he was aware and just didn't want to acknowledge it, which is fine. 
Uh, but yeah, hopefully he recovers. And I would love to see him back in as soon as possible, if possible. So, someone actually on the on the telecast said something interesting. You know, that that's probably the first time he'd done he hammy, and yeah. he he might not know what it is. You know, it might, might have felt like a cramp or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can remember the first time I did my hammy, I actually did it really badly, and. I kept trying to run, and every step I got, I was like stumbling closer to the ground, and I couldn't work out why my body was failing. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I, I, I did it really, really badly. But so if he's just pulled it slightly, it would just be like, oh, cramp or ah, yeah. So he did stay out there. I, I don't, you know, he hasn't really hurt himself much more. But yeah, on the same, I'd like to see him come back in. Um, yeah. Because you could see that it really affected him. Like that was that obviously it's very shattering. Hundred percent. It would have been such an emotional roller coaster for him. Like the the high all week of being picked for your first game. Your family's there and your friends. You're on the ground. You get your first touch. You're feeling good, and then bang, you're, you're done. You've got the tracksuit on, and, and that's you done for three or four weeks. It's just heartbreaking for him. Yeah. And David, I'm not fit enough to do a hamstring either. <laughs> this was twenty. This was twenty six years ago. It was. 20, yeah, 1997. It was a long, long, long time ago. And <laughs> uh, what about Banks? Was the other one who debuted for us? He he probably copped a few more criticisms on disposal, probably un, unfairly. I think in the first half, a lot of the guys were, were not hitting the ball very well. He got unlucky a few times when his kick got smothered and it went straight to their player into open goal and things like that. But again, he was probably tasked with a bit of a role as well, lining up on Papley a few times too, which... And no one really right. wants that job. Like yeah. no one wants to be on Papley. Yeah, he did all right. He was fine. You know, he'll he'll he will learn a lot from that experience. Um, it's a big step up from VFL to AFL. A big step up, and that can quite often explain that sort of first half, the jitters and you know the errors and things like that. I, I saw more than enough that I'd be happy enough for him to get another crack. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm more than happy for him to uh, to get another gig. Now, the man who came onto the ground as sub, uh, Jack Ross, I firmly believe that he should never have been dropped to start with. I thought that his form, he was playing fine. He was doing really well, kicking goals. And what I loved about his game is the fact that he wasn't, he wasn't worried by it. He still went out there and played how he had been playing the last few weeks, still kicked a couple of goals. And they were big goals too. Like when I, when I say big, like difficult long range, shitty condition type goals. Um, he's become fairly reliable in that sense too, and I thought he handled it quite well. And, you know, I don't think we can drop him. No, I don't think we can either. And I know that I've been critical of Ross myself, and I know that one of my big criticisms was, oh, you can't play him on a wing, you can't play him on a wing. Um, he took a few – because he's not fast, right? So he took a few weeks to – because he's not fast, it was important for him as a winger to get his positions 100% spot on because he was getting exposed when the ball got turned over and he was getting caught out. He's massively week on week on week. I think it's now it's 10 games in a row he's played. Yeah, which I is the first, the first time, time in his career. Easy. Yep. yep. He, he, I reckon you can see that he feels he belongs now. And what I loved about those goals was not only was he in difficult conditions and stuff like that, but he was set on taking the responsibility for it. Yeah, he wanted it. He wanted yeah. it. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's a massive mental tick. Yeah. A Jack Ross game four, a Jack Ross game 23, is he going to take that kick? Probably not. No. He's going to hand it no. off. Yeah, he, he has come a long way uh, this year. And I don't know whether it's a McCalter thing or whether – I really do think it's a continuity thing. It comes down to that because prior to this point in time, mm. he'd play one or two, get dropped, come back in three weeks later, play one or two. And I think we even said even way back then that if we want to see what this kid's got, you've got to give him a chunk of games and say, here's a here's a block of six, no matter what happens, you're playing. So you can start to, you know, work your way into the team and get some confidence. But he, um, yeah, I, you know, I've really enjoyed his last month of football and I think he needs to hold his spot and, I know that causes selection headaches, but on exposed form, I think he he stays in. Hundred percent stays in in my side. 100%. Uh, 
your boy, Jack Graham, I thought had one of his better games for a while. Now, when I say game, probably more so the second half. I think a lot of them had a bad first half, so let's discount that. Um, but he came up clutch in moments where he needed to and hopefully back to finding a bit of good form. That first goal was from inside the centre square. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, look, a really solid game. Um, you know, four tackles, four intercepts, 328 metres gain, two goals. The bulk of that happening in the second half, 19 disposals, so about that's about his average. Um, again, we talk about the unrewarded stuff. Oh, hello. What do we got? Hey. Hello, folks. How are you? Hello. Hello. We, we talk about with McIntosh and Castagna, the unrewarded running. You know, you can he, he's moving better again. Early in the season, you could see that he was a half a yard off and or running out of steam yeah. in games. He's running on top of the ground again now, and it's really noticeable. Yes, my boy Tiasta, <laughs> deal with it. Yeah, he, um, yeah, did, yeah, had a very good game. So, so yeah, in the second half, a lot of them played very good games. Probably another player that I probably criticised a little bit in the first half, who then probably ultimately proved me wrong in the second half, was Bolton. Um, I thought he was kind of MIA. And like, like I said, a lot of them were CB in the first half. But by the end of the game, Bolton ends up leading the way with 31 touches, three tackles. Uh, yeah, three tackles. I think did he kick a goal? I think he got a goal. No, two behind. No, 598 uh, metres gained, four goal assists. Um, he ended up having a, a really good second half of the game. 17 contested possessions, nine inside 50s. Um, <laughs> pretty good. Very good, very good. Rock, a wild lids of <laughs> in memory, In memory of, uh, in memory of uh, Magpie 71, can I call him Shy? Is it Shy? Shy yeah, Bolton. Yeah. Shy Bolton, all Australian form. If you look at his statistics, massive show for um, AA. And what about uh, the number four? His impact on the game in the second half, again, I think was pretty good. Getting that last goal as well, that was very dusty of a few year ago-esque. Yeah. Looks very disinterested. I'm, I'm concerned... <laughs> Oh, I'm concerned that he's going to go to Gold Coast with Dimmer. I tell you what, that that's our how play good, for seven. There it is, Karen. How good was, how good was my tweet? I, I When I saw him singing the song, about 20 seconds went past. I started rewinding it. And Lauren's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I've got to take a photo. She's like, why? I'm like, Dusty's smiling, and I reckon this will get some traction on Twitter. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm sure enough, 400 and something likes later. Uh, unfortunately, though, a few Richmond people actually thought I was being serious, that he did look disinterested. Yeah, uh, went over the head that. of a couple of people, had to kind of uh, smooth them over. But um, he looks as invested as you could possibly see at the moment. Um, and for what it's worth, John Ralph thinks he'll see out his contract and, and be a one-club player. But, I mean, I don't take much of what they say seriously anyway, to be totally honest. I couldn't really be saying John Ralph says. We've only been saying it for how many years, you know. I mean, the guys yeah. are 33 next year in the final year with a multi-million dollar deal, you know. Seems like a good time to leave, you know. And he's doing more uh, post-game media stuff now than he ever has. Yeah. Two in, say, two in a row. <laughs> um, just in all seriousness, on Dusty. Um, the, the move of putting him, I think it was 80%, 80, 90% on ball in the second half, um, absolutely decisive. Um, and he's actually, I know he slowed down a touch, but some of his disposals, there was a, there was a kick into our forward line on the weekend that was just dusty of old. He lays it a 40 meter pass and, um, he's looking terrific. Actually, he hit two of them. He hit two of them. Yeah. One of them, one of them was to Koch from the wing back into the, into the front of the foot, just, just outside 50. And the other one. Um, I'm not sure who he hit up, but it went inside 50, which is, might be the one you were talking about out of a congestion. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. In amongst yeah. about four blokes, <laughs> yeah. four or five blokes, it was crazy. Tomorrow and Pickett, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, oh, it's Pickett, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, just on the meters gained for the for the match, Hopper had a sneaky 442, but to go with Ross. On 20 possessions, he had over 500 metres gained. Yeah. That's pretty good going. That's pretty Hopper's, good going. Uh, he's been good. I think 
the second half, well, we obviously found the um, the balance in the second half when you look at the stats. So clearances, we won 47 to 31. And I would, on an assumption, say that bulk of that came to us in the second half. I would have thought the first half, it wouldn't have been that way. Center clearances in particular, 19 to 7. Stoppages, 28 to 24. And contested possessions, 141 to 132. So not very often do we win all of those categories in the same game. Uh, and typically when a team does, they usually win. But, mm. I mean, it also took us a long time to hit the front, I suppose. The, you can see the wheel. As I said, it, it, it turned, about 10 minutes to go in the second quarter, it turned a little. And the only reason we're not talking in more glowing terms is it was, a, it was an absolute domination in the second half. But if you look at – we kicked, what, two goals, seven in the third quarter? It was an absolute domination. If we swing that round and kick 7-2, she's a 50-point win. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And, I mean, we won the one percent is 66-36. We won the inside 50 count, 57-49. to 49. And um, our forward 50 efficiency, even though we kicked, what was it, 12-16, we were at 56% efficiency inside forward 50 and restricted the Swans to 41. So not only did we – dominate at the uh, coal face, we dominated it in end of possession as well. The, the, one thing I'll, the one thing I'll ask you blokes, um, when we're getting beaten in the midfield, we do look one-paced with Prestia, Hopper and Taranto in there. <clears throat> then it's the same blokes going through. Maybe the mix changes, Dusty goes in there and that. Like, what do you think is our best midfield mix when we've got Hopper, Taranto and Prestia in the same team? What's, what's the midfield? What's the centre bounce lineup you would like to see? Two of them, two of Hopper, Prestia, Taranto, Cochin, two of them, and then the other person being Dusty or Shay, you know, that, that more dynamic and elusive person. So two grunters and one mover. Do you reckon we start... Do you reckon we start a little stodgy at the start when we sort of back the big three in when we probably should pull one out and start with a start with Bolton in the middle to begin with? Or what What do you think? Yeah, well, that's what I, well, that's what I'm sort of saying. Like, I'm throwing Cochin in with the other three as those meat and potatoes, more, more coalface sort of workers. Yes, two of those mixed in with one other type so that it isn't all the same. Agree. Yeah. yeah, I think the balance was out in the first half of the year. I think they were all two similar types. We didn't have any speed or dynamic ability when the ball hit the ground, and it just wasn't working. So I agree. Two of them, and but even like a picket could go through. There's someone who's going to be a bit more explosive and dangerous. Not maybe not as your first choice picket, but um, if Bolton's off and Dusty's forward or doing whatever he's doing, um, yeah, I just think having two of those other ones in there at once. So. Um, RSC centers posted about a hundred times about Morris Rioli's juniors game. Wanted us to speak about that. Limited possessions, eight, but looked dangerous. And his defensive acts were brilliant. What do we think of Rioli juniors game? Yeah, AJ. Oh, look, I think forward pressure is really important for us. And if you take the example of Dimmer again, talking about Castagna and, you know, not getting rewarded, he was chasing, harassing, pressuring, and he did that Superman dive for that great smother. Um, I think he needs a an extended run of more than one game. Um, if he's going to provide that pressure, I'm happy to have him in the side. Uh, and it's a it's a tough one because I think Mansell's available this week. Yeah, I've got, I've got my thoughts on man. So we'll leave that for the uh, ins and outs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is a tough one because we're trying to fit more than 23 into 23. But he may stay in. He may go out. I, I'm happy enough to see him stay. I, I just think, um, and I include myself in particular, I just have to be patient with Morris Rioli Jr. and understand that he's going to have good days and he's going to have bad days, but overall he's worth persisting with. Yeah, I, I like what he brings to the team, but then, yeah, the conundrum begins about him versus Mansell because 
really what Mantle was doing prior to the suspension. He was kicking goals. He was applying similar amounts of pressure, I, I would think. Um, and maybe he has an extra string to his bow currently. Can you play both? But I'm not sure who then misses out. Um, then, um, yeah, it's it's I tricky. Th- I think Mini Mini um, made a few changes this week, and and he was quite forthright in saying that he was wasn't happy with the forward pressure and the work rate. Now I'm at home recovering, so I actually watched the VFL on Friday, and there were some players that went back to the VFL. I wouldn't be selecting them anytime soon if that was their um, display of what pressure and work rate you need to bring to AFL level. Would you like to name a name there, EJ? (laughs) Feels like it. Feels like. Look, I can't do the finger up thing. Oh, look, it's 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 so hard because I'm I'm a basher. Apparently, I'm a basher. The bloke's one of the most talented people on the list. Cumberland, he's just he, <gasps> he, Juddy Clark wasn't wasn't amazing. Um, Sonzi wasn't amazing. Like there was a fair few that, that, that aren't doing themselves any great favors at the moment. But there was a contest in the center square where the opposition player got the ball and Cumberland just oh, stopped and went like that and made no effort to chase and the other player gets to run away. You just can't have those micro stops. You have to have that 100% switched on all the time. And I think that's where Morris Rioli gets a tick because they like the fact that even if he's not going to get there, he makes the effort to get to within a couple of metres and apply inferred pressure. Hmm. You know, oh, it's a it's a big thing. Hi, Nico. Nico tuning in from Croatia. Thank you very much, Nico. Glad you're enjoying the show. Um, yeah, Cumberland's an interesting one. Without derailing what we're talking about, I, I had heard that his name potentially linked to that Gold Coast possible trade to get their pick seven. Captain Blood, do you want to go through our conversation? Uh, oh. Not going to lie, I may have, I didn't tell you this, RJ. I may have reached out to someone just to see if there's any um, smoke to that fire, but I don't know if I'll get a response. But right. I did, okay. I did put that out there, so we'll see. Yeah. Happens. So it was interesting, but Cumberland's one of those interesting ones. He's got so much potential, but just not Amazing doing the hard yards, potential. which is annoying. Um, the Nank bump, fellas. As soon as he did it, I'm sure collectively everyone thought, "You idiot!" Um, it's one thing to try and throw your weight and be a physical presence as captain, but why a player in this day and age would? Even contemplate. I know it's a nano. It's a split second decision. I, I get it, but you see enough examples these days that if you're not going to try and con- contest the ball, and even if you are, if you're Ryan Mantle, and you still get rubbed out, which is still stupid. But if you're not going to be going for the footy and you bump, you're pretty much cooked. Like it was just a really bad decision. I will say though that he didn't let it get the better of him, and he did play exceptionally well in the second half. He lifted. Um, some players go into their shell after that, thinking about that for the rest of the game, knowing they're going to miss the next three or four weeks. He did really ramp it up a notch um, and really was a catalyst in getting us over the line, to be honest. Oh, his numbers are fantastic. But I don't I don't really think it was that split second. He had plenty of time to pull out of that. The ball was gone miles before. We're not We're not talking about park football players here. We're talking about professional, you know, finely tuned athletes, there is no doubt in my mind if he wanted to pull out of that, he could have pulled out. It's, it's just stupid. I was in a good mood, and now you've pissed me off again, Michael, just thinking about this. Oh, sorry. sorry. I've, I've been ranting online to anyone with a set of eyeballs um, about how stupid, dumb irresponsible this decision was because what's really annoyed me is it's cost the team this dumb action. I agree with EJ. <clears throat> this wasn't split section. He, he's gone well past the pill and knocked a bloke out. Who in today's football doesn't understand if you choose to bump and you catch the head, you are gone. 
and he's our he's a goddamn co-captain, and we're going to miss him for about. I'm giving him four weeks for that. Yep. And you think about, I mean, the next two weeks, yeah, we can get by without him, but then you're coming up against um, Melbourne, and that's the type of game we need him. He's a, he's one of our best players. He's like, my god, it's just, it's infuriating. It's infuriating that he has that in his game, and he does not seem to have the bill. He's actually the most penalised player in the league. So you can't tell me that every single umpire has it out for Toby Nankervis. Behaviourally, he's doing something, and he needs to change because it's actually hurting the team. I've seen a few people saying that they're okay with what Nank did, and everyone's fine to have an opinion. I've got no issue with that. All I would say to anyone who thinks it was okay is flip it around. Let's say it was... Well, imagine, think about how you felt at the time when Prestia got taken out by Stewart, who ran past the ball. I'm not saying that they were completely identical, but Nank did run past the ball and had no other intention but to bump. I'm just, I suppose what I'm getting at, if it was the other way around, we'd probably be screaming bloody murder at whoever it was that was on the opposition team. So, unfortunately, he's going to, yeah, unfortunately, he's going to have a stint on the sideline. Um, I think the silver lining is, I think Soldo is fit and ready from what I understand and should come in. Um, and for all intents and purposes, for a long time, I felt that Soldo is actually a better tap ruckman than what Nank is. But obviously, Nank does a power of work around the ground and a lot more other things that Soldo doesn't. Um, is it as simple as Soldo win for Nank, or do we play Ryan as the main ruck and go Ryan Miller? Which way do we think we're going to land there? Um, um, just, just, just one more thing on on the, on the bump. Okay, Lloyd got up. Prestia didn't. If Lloyd, yeah, so, if Lloyd stay, if Lloyd gets hit a millimetre different and stays down, the AFL world loses its absolute nut because then it does become the same as Stewart's. Yeah, it definitely it definitely was a couple of steps under. Um, thankfully, because of the outcome, which we I know we talk about a lot on this show, but yeah, running past the ball and bumping is never going to get you anywhere. Well, there we go. There's it from uh, Lachlan Soldo and Ryan for both Bauer and Neg. Are we bring them both in. Are we too tall though? If we do that, nah, I'm going. I, I'll level with you. I'll be. I will. If, I'm spewing about Bauer. Um, I know you would have already covered that. I'm actually going to say Mansell in for Bauer, and I'll say Soldo for Nankervis. Um, have we got enough height? I don't. I, I honestly, I honestly don't know enough about the rest coast side. If um if if Richmond's social media is anything to go by, Samson Ryan is on the plane. Okay. <clears throat> oh, there you go. So I would want to be in a TikTok. So if um if yeah, it was a little bit of a skit that was talking about getting on the plane and it was just him and the camera one on one. So if that's anything to go by, he's on the plane for the game. But who knows? Well, Jack needed help. So we do need oh. a little bit. And he does, and as much like, I fully respect what Jack's doing, but it's actually staggering that we're still winning games. When you got Miller, yeah, 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 Miller will have to do his bit up forward in ruck and, and whatnot. But Miller who have, time, um, Miller time. Who have West Coast got as ruck? Let me try and find that. Yeah, probably a piece oh, of no. wood, a tin can, <laughs> some guy, <laughs> some guy from a third division. <laughs> They're about twenty six uh, players, haven't they? I'm not getting carried away with this. I've <laughs> I've said 80 points this, anyone from Richmond listening, 80 points or death. This game makes me extremely nervous. And it, oh. I know it shouldn't. We're not saying kill I know, but you know what our history is like. Like you look at the North Melbourne game last year. I just yeah. It's different. Feel a bit nervous. So we've got Ruckman, Bolton there, mate. Bailey Williams is their Ruckman, who I've never heard of. Yeah, no, um, he goes right. He's a He's a good old-fashioned plotter. So in terms of their height, I was just looking down their spine, assuming that they're running with the same lineup. They've got Barras at fullback, Jeremy McGovern, Jack Darling, Oscar Allen, and Bailey Williams. So as their, you know, their spine. So Oscar Allen's going to be a handful, um, depending on if they can get the ball in there quick enough. But he, yeah, he's a, a very good forward prospect. Do we give Young the, the job straight out? Yeah, just you young. Take Buddy, you can take Oscar Bloody Allen. Walk, walk in the park. 
Well, that, that sort of frees up um, – well, he's pretty mobile. Um, that sort of frees up um, – what's his name? Uh, Mars Bolter to uh, go to Darling and possibly run off him because Darling's pretty chunky. He's not – Darling's, Darling's things, is not he? going to chase – he's not going to chase Bolter at all. That's right. So he can play off him. I'd like that. I, I reckon I agree with that, CB. I would let Young at first crack it at Allen staying deep and let uh, let Noah run and do his thing because it really does look like that Bolt has been given the license to run an attack and just hoof the ball as far as he possibly can. The, the guy you haven't spoke about, who's my boy, he's not anyone else's boy, he's my boy. Um, don't forget the hybrid uh, Nathan Broad. So Broadie provides well, a hell of a lot boy, of run Your boy, you haven't listened to it. He's my boy. Hands off. I love him. I declared my love for him in Freo the other way. I love him. <laughs> well, yeah, and he could. That's. I, I think matchup-wise, I feel like we've got enough down forward to be able – or down back, sorry, to be able to handle their forwards. What worries me, not with Westgate, but with all teams, is our lack of second big target. Because McGovern loves in his intercept mark. Um, so if we don't, again, find a solution – for that, it sort of just leaves us open a little bit to limit our own scoring ability. I've got the solution. And Mini McQuality showed the way. Uh, no, Lou. And uh, lost him. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 and CB will back me up on this. Uh, Brad Key still looks like he's a fair way off it, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, um, personal opinion, I think he's, Brad Key's a fair way off it, yes. Um, in terms of other matchups, midfield-wise, I think we'll go, okay, they've got Sheed, Kelly. This is the thing. They've got, on paper, they've still got pretty, pretty good names, but they're just not performing at any type of level. Tim Kelly um, Tim Kelly torches us. You know, he's one of those, it's like steel side bottom torches us. There's always one player in the opposition. Yeah. Drew Petrie used to torch us. Very, very good day Drew out against Petrie. us. He Mason used to torch us. Oh. Brock McLean. Mason. But at least Tim Kelly's like a pretty good player, usually, week in, week out. You say Brock McLean, I can picture that goal straight away. Jared White? Jared White. (laughs) Makes me sick. But, yeah, Tim Kelly, he will – we have to pay him respect. doesn't matter what – I know we're we're puffing the chest out saying how far, but we need to put some work into Tim Kelly because he's an absolute gun. And he normally – He's having a good year in a bad side too. Yeah, correct. And we, we need to we need to clean up our forward fifty entries because it, again it's been shambolic. Um, and I, I don't know whether you start Vlosten down there. We probably don't go down that route too early, <laughs> but whatever. I wouldn't be totally against it, but whatever we do, we need to make sure there's actually a viable second option for them to have to worry about. Whether it's Miller um, is probably the first point of call. I, I dare say, would would he be the uh, the first go to option? <clears throat> Has to be. And as a secondary question, longer term, with Young playing as well as he is as a defender and Bolter looking like they've got everything together, does that open the window for Gibkiss to play forward? Yep. Possibly. And how do we, and how do we all well, feel we, about... We, we still have to replace Grimes down back as well, don't forget. So yeah. True. Yeah. And Brody's about 28, 20... How is Brody, 29? Brody's 30, I think. 30, yeah, so... Yeah, Grimes is 32, 33. Yeah. Grimes has got his contract for next year. Brody signed for another two, another three, another two. Um, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, he's certainly got he's certainly got swingman written all over him and has gone forward numerous times when he's played already. So, uh, Kate makes a good point about Pickett being the second tall, maybe not necessarily working. Um like it's like, what do you want from a second forward? Though, I suppose is the ultimate question. Do we want someone to be? Because we, we essentially have lost that marking ability down the line. So we're we just wanting someone who can bring the ball to ground and neutralise it, and let our smalls then do what they have to do. Or Pretty do you much. want someone there to, to take a mark? If you look at um, if you look at the way Collingwood's going about it, like if you watch, um, I'm going to say his name and technically swear. If you watch the way McRae's got Mason Cox playing at the moment. 
Cox where he can clunk him tries it, but a lot of the times you look at Cox, he's bringing the ball to ground and the um, on-ballers, they're, they're just swarming and getting it moving. So um, I think there's imitations of former flattery. I think there's a lot to be taken out of that um, with how Collingwood's going about at the moment and the way they use their big blokes. Because um, let's face it, they don't have really big key tall forwards, do they, Collingwood? No, not when they stay out at the moment, no. There you go. No. Um, someone raised an interesting point. Is there a chance that Pickett gets rested this week? Because the game's in WA. Will he return if he goes over the border? <laughs> no, um, I'm, I'm actually being a little bit serious here for a minute. Or is it just, and I don't mean from a from a, an arrest point of view because, you know, it's been to court and it, the dates are set and all that sort of stuff, but just from a mentality point of view, do, do we give Pickett the week off? I think you're playing. He's available. I feel like he's the kind of player that would thrive better if we show him the support and back him in to to get his job done. Correct. I think it might be counterproductive, and I, I think I, some part of me thinks that's why his first game back after giving that initial week off was kind of average. Not that he lost the support of the club. I'm not saying that, but uh, I think he thrives better when we back him in to do his role. But I get this I get the view though. I can understand the, the thought process behind that. But also the players want him in. They've been categoric. They want him to play. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the players tend to uh tend to know best in that in that mindset. Uh so what else are the keys to, to well, winning so just, here? Just a hat tip quickly to uh, Jack Rewalt for going past KB last week as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think he thought he was going to be stuck on that for quite some time, as he said, post-game. But he's, um, I would really love to see Rewalt get rewarded with some goals soon just because of the, the amount of work he's putting in that he wasn't meant to be doing for this long this year. Um, he's been under the pump big time. So hopefully he can get himself some rewards soon for, for all the effort. But what other parts of the game do we have to show up in here to get the win? Because it's, it's a, a really important game. Like as much as people take the piss out of West Coast, for our own season to keep ourselves in the mix to, to make finals, we have to win this game and the following week um, to keep things rolling. So it, yeah. I really don't want to see the players going over there thinking it's just going to do itself. And and now that Geelong have had a draw as well, we need to really start boosting our percentage, and this is a chance to do that. Um, given the way that we played in the centre square last week, I'd really like to see another dominant display at the contest. And if we do that, there is no way we don't win the game. The the one thing I'll say about, again, you look at the West Coast Eagles on ball division on paper, it looks pretty good. Um, but I will say this, speed kills. And um, to, to quote Magpie71, if we can get that quick ball movement, um, if we can get speed of ball movement, um, we will absolutely flog them. But... Like I said, yeah, we, we, we'll be too quick from around the contest, I think, and generally around the ground, we'll be a faster team. So that's what I think. Sounds good. All right, well, let's get a tip, including margin, and then we'll maybe just talk briefly about what the rest of the season holds for us after that. So, EJ, what's the tip and margin? Feel free to chuck him into the chat as well, folks, and I'll pop some up on the screen. Uh, look, we should win. We should win comfortably. The fact that it's over there might limit it to around... 10 goals. Yep. Uh, CB? Look, I was being a bit of a wanker before when I said 80 points. Um, I'll say 102. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, I'll say 35 to 40. I'll just be happy with four points, to be honest. These these games make me nervous, but... um, That's the Richmond goal. That's that's a 2007 (laughs) Richmond supporter coming out in you. It's disgusting. The North Melbourne of last year, Richmond supporter coming out in me. (laughs) Just Dale there has got got our goal-kicking boots on. We should shit it in, right? We had 56 inside forward 50s for 28 scoring shots last week. It's just that we kicked 12-16, not Mm. 18-10. We're not far away. Sentimental bloke. I want to bring something up. Pat Cummins, you're a dickhead captain. You got two blokes out there with bung backs, and what do you do? They can only swing side to side. We bowl bounces at them. If we had had that 80 run lead, we would have won the third test. But no, solar panels, Pat. 
dickhead. Bowl short of the first, last four <laughs> batsmen. Cost us the win. Well done, solar panels. Well done, idiots. <laughs> solar panels. Uh, good rant. Good. Well done. I like that. You haven't done that for a while. Yeah, um, bloodbath Pat Cummins. Blood mate, bath, Pat Cummins. <laughs> you better watch out. He becomes president of a cricket club, thinks he knows the game. Oh, <laughs> I had a few of you, mate. All right, so in terms of the rest of the fixture, rest of the fixture, mm. the rest of the season for us, we've obviously got West Coast this week. Then we've got the Hawks. Um, so another one that we should really, if we're serious, <clears throat> be winning, although they've they've had their fair share of pretty good games and knocked off some good teams. Then it gets a little bit more difficult with Melbourne, um, which on exposed form, you would say we'd probably lose. The Bulldogs at Marvel, which will always be tough. Uh, St Kilda at Marvel, which I know we beat them at the G last time, but at Marvel, it's a different story. Kangaroos, who typically match up well on us for whatever reason, and then Port Adelaide. So I think, I don't know what the math is, but I would assume that we have to win at least the West Coast, Hawthorne, Kangaroos, and then two of those other remaining games against Melbourne Bulldogs and Port to be a chance to make it. Does that seem yeah. about right? Yeah. I think I, Melbourne's gettable. Yeah, so Melbourne's gettable? Yeah, 100%. They're not going that well. Mm-hmm. They're not going that well. You want to talk about you want to talk about us being shit house going into the forward 50. Sit down and watch a Melbourne game and if you've got any hair you'll pull it out. They are not connecting well at all. Yep. Agree. I agree. Is um yeah, Ben Brown hasn't done much for them. Um okay, so we want maybe we're getting them at an at an okay time, so it's gonna be interesting. And the two games at Marvel though, someone put in here, that's that's a bit of a, a killer. We really yeah. don't like it there, do we, as a as a playing group. Dimmer. Dimmer didn't like it. Oh maybe, maybe the curse is gone. Maybe it's out the door now. Maybe the maybe the Hardwick Eddie had interstate curse has been lifted. Oh, wouldn't that be something? I I think we'll get one of St Kilda and the Bulldogs, which means we need one of Port and Melbourne. Yes, agree. The, at That's the moment, the only way I see is beating Port is if they've got a position sewn up and they rest players. They are just in ridiculous form, as much as it pains us all to say it. Um but yeah, they're, especially over there, they're flying. And I also think that they'll want a little bit of retribution because we've we've beaten them a couple of times at crucial stages on their home deck that they I don't think they're too happy about. They won't take it easy on us, mate. <laughs> no, no I think they'll I think they've got a bit of a score to settle <laughs> against us I, one way look, or another. I don't think it's a particularly strong year. I know there's two teams that are uh, a couple of games out in front. But you look at the ladder and you look at the percentages, right? We haven't got a team on 150, 160, 170%. You've got two teams over 130 and only three teams over 120. It's not a strong year. Port are 119.9%. They're not winning by big margins. Gold Coast went with them early on the weekend. Mm. We just have to hit a run. And we're in this up to our eyeballs as far as making the eight goes. It's not. It's not a strong year. We might have big sexy back by then too. We could. Well, what's the verdict there? It's so many mixed messages if he's coming back or not. Well, I think the club's playing it very, very coy. They're not putting pressure on the player. I think they're being very coy about it. Is what I think. It's almost yeah. like if they know our season's done, they'll come out and say indefinitely. Wrapping up cotton wool, not playing the rest of the year, but while it's yeah. alive, I agree. Yeah. They're just they're just bluffing everyone and saying next to nothing. Yeah, correct. As they should. Yeah. As they oh should. yeah, it's annoying as a supporter, but I get why, and I would rather them do it this way to, to, to keep cards close to their chest. I, I fully get it. Have we actually discussed um, McQualter as a co- his coaching performance so far in tonight's episode? Yeah, we did. Early on, I'll get oh, your thoughts though. Up, yeah. No, no, I'll get your thoughts to be. So we pretty much <laughs> were saying that. Um, it was a good sign of him as a coach being able to turn it around in the second half uh, and to win another close game, which was something we haven't done a lot of in recent times. The the, the one thing I'm, I think um, McQuald has got going for him uh, appears to be a very, very solid um, 
game day coach does seem to have a few moves, which is um, pleasing. So that's all I'll say. That was a ballsy move with the Vlosten one. So very happy that he did it. All right. Well, that is a wrap for tonight. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. EJ, especially thank you, uh, given the, the shoulder recovery. It's, so hopefully it's it all just goes starting well. to go in the last couple of minutes. Yeah. No, that's, I appreciate you jumping on. And, you know, we acknowledge that the surgery come about from carrying the show for quite some time. So thank you for, for all your work. And CB, thanks for jumping on, mate. I know you had a, a meeting on tonight. Hopefully it wasn't too hectic for you. One more thing. If David Warner gets selected in the fourth <laughs> test, I will spew up. I'm telling you, he's almost a certain to be picked. Oh, you just know Candice is on social media right now penning her next letter to the ACB or bloody Women's Day or some shit. You know, no, appar- apparently he's catching well. and um, oh, That's what he's in the team for. <laughs> apparently he's catching well and uh, and Warner and Kawaja have had three 50-run partnerships. Very important building blocks. Oh, I'm going to spew up seriously. Uh, gonna... Also, just quickly, in the next either next week or the week after, yet to be decided, Chris Nash, I believe, will be joining us. So thank you to oh. Nick for speaking to Nash. He's actually his young fella is playing in our VFL team, I think, at the moment, or just got picked up by them. Yeah, yeah, uh, he played play the weekend. Yeah, and so uh, in the next week yep. or two, yeah, Chris Nash will be joining us for a chat, which will be awesome. And also, um, Brodder's boy looks all right in the reserves too. Does he? He's going right. He's going right. all right, yeah. Oh, that's good. Very good. All right, have a good night, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Appreciate all the love and support. Make sure you follow us on all the socials, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, whatever else we're on. Um, and yeah, Engage in the conversation. Keep chatting to us on there. And we will hopefully see you next Monday with another win under our belt. So go Tigers for the weekend. Pat. Solar panels, Solar. Pat. <laughs> You're on notice. I'm watching. And enjoy the game, the WA folk. Kano, I know you're in chat. You're in chat, mate. Hopefully, you enjoy it. The game in the corporate box, and uh, don't get too shit faced. So, enjoy WA folk. Get behind the Tigers, and hopefully, we get a, a big win. Go Tigers. Get in there. Go Tigers.